Welcome to Would You Rather, a podcast where two Cosmos Newsroom journalists go head-to-head with science on some of the silliest questions imaginable. I'm Jacinta Bowler, and I once turned down an opportunity to have an ant farm because I was worried they'd escape on me. And I'm Emma Perfetto, and once I got stung on my big toe by a bee. No! (laughs) (laughs) If after the stinging it would have been like big, big toe, you know? (laughs) Because it like blows up. Like, yeah. (laughs) So silly. Um, And today we're talking about two teeny creatures with big hearts and really big families. Huge families. Today we're asking the question, would you rather be a bee or an ant? We're asking the big questions here, Jacinta. Of course we are. We're asking the big questions about the little guys. What else do you want? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But specifically, we're looking at what it would be like to live in a bee or ant colony. So we're not necessarily the top dog or, I guess, queens in this instance, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, but just as a regular old worker. It kind of, you know, reflects our own lives where we're sort of, you know, anonymous workers going about our days in this huge human colony, global human colony. Emma, that's so dark. Are you saying that we're a hive mind too? Look, let's move on. <laughs> I don't know, man. I try not to think about that. Um, but what I do like to think about is what an average ant stay in the life vlog would be like. Who doesn't think about this? You know, I, I would watch it. You know, I'd watch a vlog about an ant. Um, and I want you to tell me. So what? tell me about a bug's life. Okay. So I think to kick off, and I don't want you to be, you know, alarmed, Jacinta, but, you know, what would you say to me if I told you that there were at least 20 quadrillion ants on the earth you know i don't mind ants to be honest and i am still alarmed despite the fact you told me not to be (laughs) it's too many ants what to you potentially you (laughs) bee enthusiast to me that's the right amount of ants on this earth and i told you to not be alarmed anyway Sorry. Um, So researchers estimate that all of these ants weigh more than all of the wild birds and mammals on Earth combined. Wow. And there are more than 15,700 named species and subspecies of ants um, and, you know, even more than that that aren't known to science just yet, you know, living underneath the ground, unknown, waiting. (laughs) (laughs) Hiding for their chance to emerge. (laughs) Um, So I think that's, you know, a point in my favour because, you know, if ants and bees were ever to go to war, I definitely think that I have the numbers in this situation. Yeah. I don't know why they'd go to war though, you know, like surely they'd just gang up on humans. Like why would they go to war with each other? (laughs) Um, But I guess it is tough but fair. Um, I feel like any number that big is like a bit of a fantasy. Like how do the scientists work it out, right? They're not counting them. Um, But from what I can find, there are around 80 to 100 million domesticated hives and around 2 trillion bees in those hives. Um, But that doesn't count all the native bees. So although I don't think we'll hit the quadrillions because that's like a lot, um, (laughs) there's still a lot of bees around. So, you know, I guess – what I'm saying is both bees and ants outnumber humans by a lot. 
we 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 can take the humans basically. Now yeah. That, now that we're ants and bees. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so tell me about an ant colony layout. Like, what was I missing out on with my ant farm that I never got? Okay. Um, so if you're looking at a typical ant colony, it's going to have three different castes. You've got your queen, your males, and then your worker ants. Okay. Um, so the queen is sort of like the founder of the colony and she is the only one who gets to reproduce and lay any eggs for, you know, the entire colony. Um, there are some species of ants whose colonies only have one queen, but there are others. Um, specifically, I think there was like the pharaoh ant and the carpenter ant um, that can have multiple at the same time. Um, cool. That's do they fight? Cool. Do they like? How do that? How does I, that, How do they work? I don't think that they fight. I think that they can like coexist peacefully, and then they can sort of like jump off at different times to go and like butt off and like make their own colonies oh, and that's then, cool you know more queens and then they butt off and yeah um then we have the males um so like the queen these ones are sort of larger than the worker ants they also have wings so they can fly and basically all the males do is cruise around flying around looking for queens to mate with <laughs> What a job. <laughs> that is their whole mission in life, you know, to reproduce. So um, basically they're freeloaders and they don't help with any of the work around the, the colony. Does that mean, wait, does that mean that if you see an ant with wings, it's a male? Like it's a male trying yeah. to find someone to have it on with? It's unless just cruising? It's, yeah, unless it's a queen. Um, maybe wow. Maybe she's a queen and she's, you know, cruising around looking for a male to go huh. mate with and then go start her own colony. Uh, so if you see an ant with wings, it's trying to get frisky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> basically because i'm pretty sure that once once the queens have mated and go to settle down and make make a, a colony with their offspring they yeah. um they like rip off their wings so that oh. they don't have them anymore <laughs> oh my lord <laughs> yeah yeah okay but it's yeah, fine so. it's fine because i'm not a i'm not a queen in this yeah. situation <laughs> yeah you're just a worker you're just a worker ant doesn't exactly. matter exactly. yeah okay um and then also tra- kind of tragically, um, as soon as the males sort of accomplish their goal in life to mate with a, a queen, they're going to die in, in you know, a, a day or so from all the stress and exhaustion of doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I guess if you accomplish your life goal in life, why not die two days later? Who needs retirement, you know? <laughs> okay, okay. And then there's the last case and they're okay. the workers and that's me. that's who I am in this situation yes Emma (laughs) they're all female and they're all sterile so they don't lay eggs they don't reproduce um and that's an absolute dream for me fabulous you know everyone wants to live it (laughs) apart from the queen and the males I guess (laughs) so these guys pretty much take on all the responsibility for taking care of the colony so they're building (sighs) and cleaning the nest they're gathering up food they're taking care of the brood. That's less fun, I'm going to say. Uh, less fun, but it's nice to sort of like have your have your little jobs to get along with. Yeah, yeah. You know? No, I guess, yeah, simple. You know what you're doing. Don't have mm, to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, and they don't have fling, flings. <laughs> <laughs> now, they don't have wings, so they can't fly, but I'm completely okay with that because I'm really, really afraid of, of heights and I wouldn't be flying if I could anyway. <laughs> oh, okay, easy. <laughs> that one works out. <laughs> um 
And now I didn't know this before doing the research for this, but apparently whether a female ant becomes a queen or a worker isn't down to any sort of like genetics on her part. It's actually to do with like her diet and what she's fed. So any female ant larva can become a queen. She just needs to be fed a really high protein um, diet. That's so cool. So that's actually the same for bees. Oh, so no they the amount of royal jelly is what they call it. It's like a protein rich secretion from the glands of like young workers, little gross, but whatever. <laughs> so you have to give it to a bee, and the amount of that will determine if they become a worker, a drone, or a queen. Like, who knew? That's so cool. Wow, royal jelly. Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not nice, is it? No. Not It'd be like if you called like the oil on your forehead royal jelly. <laughs> royal oil or something. <laughs> Feed it to your child so that they become a queen. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> no, to be honest though, like the the stuff with bees is not actually that different to ants. I feel like I mean, I guess they're both insects. I don't know how far away they are in the evolutionary tree, but maybe in hive communities this is just kind of what works because, you know, if we're talking about species of honeybee. So honeybees, what we know the most about, because obviously mm. we use them for food and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, one colony has between 20,000 and 80,000 bees. Um, I looked that up. Uh, 80,000 is the population of Rockhampton. So these are no small operations. It is a lot of bees. That is a lot of bees in just yeah. one hive. In just like one in hive. One of like, like one of those little white boxes. Yes. You know, well, like, I mean, they're, they're pretty big, you know. Well, be like, yeah. But yeah, 80,000, a holy, lot of bees. Holy moly. Um, a colony consists of one queen bee and a few hundred drones. So again, exactly the same as the ants. These are males and their only purpose in life is to mate with the queen. They can't sting, they can't work, they can't make honey. They just stick around in case a queen needs to be mated with. (laughs) Um, And I thought I'd, you know, the... Like in bees, the queens actually go out on their virgin flight once in their lifetime and then they'll settle down to make a new colony. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the drones from lots of hives in the area can tell this is happening from the pheromones and they go out and, and meet her to try and mate with her. Um, when they do, the drones will insert something called an endophallus to inject semen into the queen. Um, but <laughs> this actually stays in the queen when they're done and when the drone leaves, their abdomen rips off oh Um, god (laughs) i know so the queens will have multiple partners in one flight right so the next guy has to remove the old endophallus so he can do the process again (laughs) can you imagine having to do that (laughs) knowing that that's genuinely horrifying just yeah it's it's awful (laughs) um But, you know, I guess that's just nature for you. Just, but, we, again, we're not the um, the queen or the, the drones. We're just a little worker. We don't worker. have to, we to deal with that no. whole situation. No. And I don't even know whether, like, not having to do anything else, you know, being fed, being do like all of those other things makes up for the fact that your, like, genitals will get ripped off <laughs> in the moment of copula. Anyway, anyway. And what, do they die after that? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like pretty, yeah okay. pretty soon afterwards. Exactly the same as the ants. And look, I'll take exhaustion and stress over <laughs> an appendage of mine just being ripped from me. <laughs> and then bleeding out, yeah. And then no, completely out. fair. Anyway, I think we're getting a little off track. Okay. Um, the majority of the bees in a colony are female worker bees. 
just like ants, there's no laying eggs, no accidental pregnancies. Um, they do pretty much all of the work though too. So they housekeep, they feed everybody, including the drones, the queens and the babies. They collect pollen and nectar and they make wax, you know, just lots of stuff that they've got to do. Um, they actually work so hard that they only live about six weeks in the busy season, which I guess is a bit of a downside for being a bee. Um, six weeks doesn't feel like enough. Yeah, I did a bit of Googling and worker ants can survive for, you know, several months. So, I, you know, I think I'm going to outlive you in this in this situation. I think that's a point in my favour. Well, you know, I mean, I'm fully on board with being able to fly. I feel like I'm <laughs> definitely a fan of that. So I guess that would be an upside for me. Um, but I, I wanted to point out that, like, bees specifically there are lots of different species of bees i'm Mm. talking about honeybees so that's you know the guys that have colonies we know a lot about them because we need them for honey we need them for pollinating things um but there are lots of species of bee um the australian banded bee for instance no the australian banded blue bee for example he's really cute they've got little blue butts um are actually solitary so the males hang out in little groups on plant stems while the uh, to sleep obviously and then go out and like try and find a female and then females burrow into like personal little nests of like sandstone or clay which I think is really lovely and I guess like there's no one way of being a bee um, which I thought was fun yeah so although yeah we're talking about like hive specifically in this instance Mm -hmm. but you know you might as if you were like I want to be a bee tomorrow you might just as easily be like a completely different type of bee that doesn't have anything to do with a hive yeah yeah Okay, so sell it to me, Emma. Why do you think it's better to be an ant? Look, I think that the fact that I could, you know, defend myself without immediately then dying (laughs) is a really significant pro in favour of being an ant. Whoa. I'll be honest. (laughs) That's fine and talk. (laughs) Because I think I know that a bee stinger gets ripped out of it when it stings, kind of like the endophallus. Um, so, you know, I'm just thinking, why would I want my sort of only weapon to be able to defend myself and my hive to then be the thing that kills me immediately after? Yeah. I mean, fair. Um, but like, you know, that only happens for mammals, if that helps at all. So if a bee was stinging like another insect, it wouldn't lose its stinger and it it can sting as much as it wants. But yeah, so the, yeah, so when it rips Is it because mammals are like squishy? I guess so. Maybe like there's an exoskeleton that it can't actually go through, but yeah, when it attacks a mammal, it does, it does squish in and then pulls itself out. Um, Well, you know, say if they were attacking a mammal, um, it, they what this I also know that they happen to release like an alarm pheromone when <laughs> the when they sting and it gets ripped out of them. So then other bees start rushing in and start stinging too. Like they don't have a choice in the matter. And then they start dying too. So if your friend pulls the trigger and stings someone, they could <laughs> then sort of trigger you to do the same. And I just think that's terrible. Yeah, I mean, I guess what you're saying, but, like, you got to protect the hive, though. Like, you wouldn't last very long in an ant colony if, like, you weren't going to go out and, like, protect your ant colony with all costs. Like, you know, the bees got to do what they got to do, you know? Well, you know, if I need to protect my colony as an ant, I think I would like to be a Dracula ant. Uh, okay. Not just because his name is 
super cool. Uh, <laughs> but because their jaw actually holds the record for the fastest known animal appendage. Um, so they can close their jaws at up to 90 metres per second. And I think that's pretty deadly. Wow. That is cool. I like that. And then, you know, I touched on before just how many ants there are in the world, which is insane. Um, but super colonies also exist. So this is a thing that's found in less than 1% of ants, so it's not very common, um, but it's basically what happens is that there's this incredibly large ant colony with like many, many nests that are sort of all connected socially, even if they're, you know, distant from each other, they're far away. Oh my God. I love that. It's a hive mind of hive minds. That sounds like an ideal scenario. (laughs) 10 out of 10. Yeah. So it's super cool because the workers and the queens um, of the same species can pretty much move freely between these nests and they sort of cooperate between these nests. There's no aggression between them. Um, And there's actually this super colony of Argentine ants in Europe, which as from the name, you might think that they shouldn't be found in Europe. They were actually introduced over into Europe and then just had had a great time. Had a great time. Completely thrived. (laughs) (laughs) And now there's a super colony which has millions of nests, billions of workers, and they're all spread out over at least 6,000 kilometres from Italy down to the Spanish Atlantic coast. So they can all move between the nests in that massive stretch of land, like across the continent. Would you say it's a bit of a European Union? (laughs) (laughs) I I absolutely would say that. Anyway, yeah, that's that's the only thing I had for that one, but I'm into it. (laughs) I think it's good. (laughs) Okay. Ants are also super buff, um, which is something that I cannot say for myself. Uh, but well, I wish the I listeners could. can't see me, so I'm actually super duper buff. Um, oh, are you? <laughs> yeah, I know that is a goal for you this year, though. So <laughs> I'm, I'm already there. Um, the listeners can't tell; it's fine. <laughs> well, the ants, and I'm currently a work ant, if mm-hmm. you remember, yeah, have been documented to be able to carry up to twenty times their own body weight. Wow. Uh, which for reference would be like me being able to bench almost one and a half tons. Wow. Which is. That's pretty cool. Insane. Ants are also really important to our ecosystems. Um, they perform a whole lot of different roles. They, you know, disperse seeds by carrying them about. They can pollinate plants. Um, they even sort of improve the quality of the soil. They sort of turn it over when they're making their nests um, and they increase its nutrient content because they make food and then they sort of get rid of their waste and um, into the soil. So that's really cool. And then many species of ants are also predators, so they can keep the populations of other insects, like pests, for instance, in check. Yeah, okay, I guess that's why we need so many ants, right? They do actually have a very important part of the ecosystem. Um, Well, you know, like ants sound cool and all, but there are lots of things to enjoy about being a bee worker as well. Um, Not quite as exciting, but, you know, they have little baskets on their legs to collect the pollen when they're out and about. Big fan of that one. 
that actually really that sounds pretty convenient to just have an inbuilt little basket on your legs that you can right? carry around your food in. I always thought completely off track, but I always thought it'd be fun to have like a little pouch, like a kangaroo. You know, just put like whatever mm-hmm. you want in a little pouch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, but it would be like that for a bee. I like that as well. Um, bees are also really, really smart. There's been scientific experiments that show that they instinctively know what time it is. They can also count and do basic addition and subtraction. There's also one super cute experiment where bees played with tiny little wooden balls just because they could. Like there was no reason for it. They didn't train them. There was no reward involved. They just wanted to play, which I, I think, think is the I've best. I think I've seen that video. That's so <laughs> sweet. They just sort of like jump up on the ball and start rolling it around. Because <laughs> <laughs> why wouldn't you? I mean, that, that's kind of fun. I think having the ability to just play is a very important part of uh being part of a hive mind, it's an as important far as part concerned. of my life currently so yeah. I would need to sort of continue that if I were an ant or a bee definitely um they also communicate with each other by doing these like very specific and very cute waggle dances so the bees share information about like both the direction and distance of nectar by doing this little like figure eight flying pattern with like wavy bits in it it's again that's very so cute. cool i know and like <laughs> the fact that they can do it they're like oh the nectar is 40 meters away in the northeast direction like that's so sick <laughs> um also i know that ants are super buff and there's no way that a bee can carry 1.5 tons of its own weight um but bumblebees can fly with up to 80 percent of their body weight in pollen attached to themselves so like i can't even lift that let alone fly with that um <laughs> i guess that's i guess that's pretty that's pretty cool yeah it's yeah if again want, it's not if you want to fly that is. <laughs> yeah, again, I feel like flying is a big advantage in this case because <laughs> flying. Um, and, you know, exactly like the ants, one last reason why I'd want to be a bee is the good of society because bees pollinate 95% of our crops. So without bees, human stuff. Take that, ants. <sighs> that is a pretty important one for yeah. me specifically as a human pretending to be an <laughs> ant and or a bee. <laughs> The yeah, thought, you know, yeah, the thought that that bees could, you know, be gone one day and then we couldn't eat is pretty terrifying. Yeah, it's not good. Um, and like we've mentioned, some downsides to being both an ant and a bee, I reckon, mm-hmm. at this point. But being a human has its downsides too, guys. Um, exactly. <laughs> we're, I think we're all aware. <laughs> Everyone knows. <laughs> Everyone knows. Um, and I should mention, I think, as one of the downsides, that worker bees, particularly the younger ones, they have to, like, regurgitate the honey over and over to get it viscous. Um, and then they, like, flap their little wings on it to dry it out. <laughs> yeah, There's lots oh, of this. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, making making honey is a big process. <laughs> I didn't know that that was, a, like, a step involved in the honey. kind of makes you think about eating it. Yeah. But it's so good. It is nice. I feel I'll like we just need to be, honey. I think we just need to be aware. Like just when you mm-hmm. think, when you're like, oh yeah, bees did a lot of work to to make that for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, if I have to mention a downside to being an ant, which there aren't many, there are, there are <laughs> very few, but I, you know, I, I guess I wouldn't really appreciate being infected by, um, cordyceps fungus oh um you know if you if you've heard about that one yeah. have you last watched of the us. last of us yet yeah yeah, I've yeah. Watched, i'm halfway through not quite okay. finished yet no spoilers guys no god. no god no i'll just tell you about cordyceps and 
in ants. So, um, for instance, carpenter ants that are infected with, with the fungus, what they do is they, like, wander away from their colony, they go and bite down on some vegetation, and then their mandible, like the, the muscles in their mandible start to atrophy and it sort of locks them in place, you know, where they've bitten down, right? And then the fungus kind of consumes the entire body, like inside body of the ant, like takes up all the nutrients from the ant. Um, And then it sprouts a fruiting body from the top of the ant's head so that more spores can sort of float off and infect other ants. That's awful. Um, It's really, it's not great. And so, you know, if I had to think of one downside to being an ant, that would probably be it. Unfortunately, cordyceps is also a thing for bees. So unfortunately, I guess just being an insect does have the downside Mm. of potentially being a last of us scenario with Mm -hmm. uh, a fungus. So, Mm. you know, but as long as that doesn't happen, I feel like being an ant doesn't sound too bad. Like I am fully on board with being an ant and just like going through the European colonies. (laughs) Of the super colony. Backpacking through Europe as an ant, just going from colony to colony. Like that sounds wonderful. (laughs) That sounds like my idea of a great holiday. Couch Um, surfing, free accommodation, (laughs) ant contiki. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Perfect. Um, But you know what? I think uh, you haven't sold me on the fun part of being an ant, so I reckon that flying and playing with wooden balls just because would Mm. make me want to be a bee. Yeah, look, I think I went a little bit off track and I focused a lot on, um, you know, tactical advantages in a bee versus ant war that (laughs) we really didn't – that's never going to happen. And yeah. we didn't um, establish that as a part of the podcast. I just yeah. sort of yeah. in my head was going, how can I beat the bees as an ant? How can I come out on top? Um, well, you know, I, I mean, maybe I, that's if that was the question, then maybe it, you would win, yeah, you know. But it wasn't, was it? You know, I think it would be more fun to be a bee, honestly. <laughs> I think you've won this one, just Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad that I finally won. Um, That makes me happy. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Would You Rather. If you liked this, there's heaps in the Cosmos podcast back catalogue that we think you'd probably like too. This podcast is produced by the Royal Institution of Australia in Adelaide on Ghana land. The Royal Institution of Australia is a not-for-profit whose mission is to communicate science widely as the key to a better world. We do this through our stories, which are turned into educational resources, teaching the scientists of tomorrow about the science of today in classrooms across Australia. Support us by subscribing to Cosmos Magazine, Australia's last print science magazine, and Cosmos Weekly, its sister e-publication. 